Hello, EKN Nation, and welcome to the first episode, debrief episode of the 2023 season, episode number 105. A lot of different events we've covered over the last basically five years that we've been doing podcasts. It is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, and we are going to review the 2023 Supercars USA Winter Series, the AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida, the opening event for the Winter Series program that starts Supercars USA season. I'm David Cole. I'm going to be joined by Rob Howden and Nate Dean, who were trackside at the event this past weekend. And again, this episode of Debrief is presented by Parallel USA. It all started in 1994 when former kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Perlin USA is North America's source for Perlin products, and we run a factory team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Perlin chassis lineup for 2023 includes the Invader Shifter, the Lamar Tag Single Speed Chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28 millimeter Opportunity Model for cadet classes, and the Daytona Four Cycle Chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Paralyn. For more information, head to ParalynUSA.com. So again, my name is David Cole. I was not at the event, so I'm going to be hosting this show as we have uh, our normal host Rob Howden and Nate Dean doing the heavy lifting and talking about the 2023 Supercard 2 SA Winter Series event at Homestead Motor or AMR Motorplex. Rob, uh, pleasure to not have you hosting this show. That was really weird. <laughs> that was super weird. I bet. Sitting here for the first two minutes of this thing. Wow. All right, cool. Good. Well done, it though, It gives you a new perspective, right? It does. It 100% does. Mm-hmm. Indeed, uh, a fantastic weekend down in, in Florida. A little chillier than I think anybody expected because throughout the early week, it was kind of like 75 or 80 degrees through the week. And then as soon as we went official racing on Saturday and Sunday, it was like 45 degrees in the morning. And we only got to a high of, I think, 62 on Saturday, about 64 on Sunday. So, it was interesting for the drivers, David, to get things kind of dialed in, right, for chassis-wise, because it was so cold in the morning for those practice sessions and then qualifying. Uh, but otherwise, everybody handled it really well. Strong weekend at AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires, as you had said. First two rounds of the uh, four-round championship program. Sixth season. Started back in 2018. It was uh, it was a good one, man. And, and bottom line, the first num- thing, the numbers got to kind of throw out. Record numbers at the event too, which is good. Two hundred and fifty entries all told. Yeah, and and one thing, Nate, there wasn't a lot of rain. I was talking about that in our outlap, and I was expecting to get rain at least once, maybe more. So, uh, only disrupted a little bit on Friday. Uh, so you kind of dodged a bullet there with your first trip to Homestead. Yeah, it was nice not having to deal with too much rain. Of course, the one session where it did start to rain was when I had my big heavy tripod doing some filming on track. So that was just fun. <laughs> but yeah, very, very lucky that it kept dry. And at least it's warmer than Minnesota or say Michigan where I'm at or well, it's probably cold in, in Utah right now where you're at, Rob. But uh, uh, yeah, it's it, you never know what you're going to get in Florida with, in terms of weather. So it's good to kind of have at least the racing days be clear and, and have no threat of, of the wet stuff and, and get all the sessions in. And I, and one thing that you mentioned, and I think the, the race report uh, was no red flags on the weekend. I think that's, that's yeah. a really good uh, indication of, 
of a good start to the 2023 season. Yeah, no doubt about it, David. You know, I'm talking to Xander Clemens when we were doing the Car Chaser broadcast. Of course, he was an assistant manager at that track for several years. Uh, we're talking about the fact that Saturday and Sunday, we actually got the forecast. They said it wasn't going to rain. We were going to have 64. I think we hit the we hit the forecasted high each day perfectly. Um, and we didn't have any, you know, that two o'clock, three o'clock rain that sometimes come in, comes in at Homestead did not happen. So all told, uh, a great uh, weekend of racing, a little bit cooler, as we said, but everybody just bundled up and, and we went about our business. And speaking of the business, uh, by the numbers, uh, 218 drivers back in 2022, 250 entries this year. Uh, Micro Swift about the same, around you know, a little over 30. Mini Swift totally sold out at 48. It was a massive Mini Swift field. Uh, X30 Junior and X30 Senior, still pretty strong, both a little bit down, 10, 15% down from last year, but the racing was stellar. Uh, the move from X30 Master to KA100 Master uh, drew three more drivers, 14 in total, in what was a pretty solid little deal. You know, you have 14 carts on the track. It's a good race. Uh, of course, X30 Junior, David, uh, over doubled. It went from 22 K, last K100 year. Pardon, pardon me, KA100. Over doubled. It was 22 last year, 50 this year in KA100 Junior. Amazing. Yeah, that's where the bulk of the record numbers is coming from. Mm -hmm. As you said, 250 this year to 218 last year. So a double in terms of numbers there. So that's 28 drivers uh, extra or 28 entries extra for for that for this year's event. Uh, KA100 Junior at 29. uh, So very similar to last year's 31. Pro Shifter got a little bit of a bump, but more than doubled. uh, Going from four to nine. And then Master Shifter remained at five. So... Again, a solid start. Again, as you said, a record event for the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener for 2023. We had to go back to the record books. We had 235 and then 240, I want to say, in 2019. And then 2020 was when we had the 235, I believe it was. And so excited to see uh, see that type of record uh, get get, the, get things started for the year. And this also will start... Uh, this will lead us into our first commercial break. So uh, again, thank you for tuning into the debrief. Uh, I am David Cole, joined by Rob Howard and Nate Dean. We'll get back to the paddock pass after this commercial break. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 
888-888-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full-service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TB Kart. Kartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TB Kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Kartplex with Race Lab. Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TB Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Race Lab. Race with us, win with us. Welcome back to another episode of The Debrief presented by Parolin USA. We're discussing the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener at the AMR Motorplex. Again, I'm David Cole, joined by Rob Howden and Nate Dean, who were trackside for the event this past weekend. And now we'll go in a little bit to the Paddock Pass presented by Rolison Performance Group. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rolison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. Our goal is to help raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers ready to take the next step in their racing program. If you want to fight for the championships or need to improve your skills and chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rollison Performance Group. We race to win. So Rob and Nate, we're getting into the paddock pass. I know you guys got a little bit of a late start Friday due to some of the travel issues issues you had, Rob, on Thursday. Uh, but kind of kind of talk about some of the news and, and, and topics that were surrounding the paddock there. Uh, this past weekend. Yeah, we didn't get to the track till about maybe afternoon on Friday because I had to go buy clothes because my bag didn't make it with me to uh, to, to Homestead. So I had no clothes to wear. So I had to get some shorts and, and a shirt to wear on Friday. So we didn't get there until a little later. So didn't get as many Paddock Insider pieces up on the website that I would have liked. But uh, one of the ones we led with, Nate and I went over and talked to, to uh, Mike Speed and the crew over at Speed Concepts Racing uh, who, have, who have had a bunch of different carts, obviously, in the Paddock they've had. Uh, OTK products with the Red Speed. They've had the TB cart there as well. They also, <coughs> excuse me, lined up, <coughs> excuse me a little bit, uh, lined up with Cart Republic a bit. And Pauli Massimino had a chance to test the Cart Republic. And, and Nate, as we, you know, we were talking to to Mike, uh, Pauli really, really happy with the cart. Loved the a lot of front grip. They talked about the side bite. Uh, all didn't go well for Pauli throughout the weekend. Although we know that Cart Republic was strong all weekend in Homestead. Yeah, I mean, I think I. It's- heard and saw a lot of people just saying how well the Cart Republic goes at AMR. So obviously a bit of a disappointing weekend for Polly, but have a lot of highly spoke highly of the Cart Republic chassis. 
Yeah, we'll see how that plays out, whether or not he stays on that brand, David, throughout the 2023 season. I know that Mike Speed was very, as Dave, as uh, Nate said, spoke very highly of it. So I, I think we may see him on the current Republic continuing on. We'll see what happens there. Another big move, Dave, was uh, talking to you and Jeffrey from CRG Nordam. Uh, you know, you and I, talk, we talked about it in the, in the Outlap uh, preview podcast. That a couple teams had Tesoro Racing, a couple drivers. And we're like, well, what's going on here? Well, it came, I guess it came together really, really late. CRG obviously hoping to get more uh, teams out there on the CRG brand with their product line. Uh, so Tony Tesoro has started Tesoro Raceworks uh, and had a handful of drivers, like four drivers under his tent. He was He's thinking about trying to go maybe to eight drivers, but kind of keeping it small. Frankie Mossman, Carson Weinberg, David Yabara, and Johnny Antonino were the four drivers that he had. But, you know, for CRG, David, pretty solid to have another strong team. And a guy like Tony Tesoro, who has worked with uh, CRG for a lot of years. Yeah, a number of years with CRG was there with Tyler Maxson. That was kind of his first introduction with CRG. So he's been around the brand and understands it. Worked with uh, a number of different drivers on different brands as well. Brent Cruz on the Cart Republic and, and CRG as well, too. So, yeah, uh, again, I think that's Ewan's kind of focus is trying to get a East Coast team. You know, he worked with Speed Concepts Racing all last year, kind of a side tent uh, with with that group. Um and, and so now, you know, he Tesoro's kind of breaking away to kind of focus on just the CRG guys. So it's it's not that lump. It's kind of the, the one brand focus, I think, is is kind of where you and, and Tony Tesoro want to go with. So we'll see what how that develops and how that grows, because obviously CRG Nordam has a good representation on the West Coast, Ron White Racing uh, and a couple other dealers as well, too, across the country. You know, yeah. obviously we work with LSR Motorsports when we go to Cup Carts North America. And again, there's there's drivers here and there that are good and and re, and and loyal CRG drivers across Indeed. the country. Yeah, and one other little note: Alessandro's Racing, which is a big player down in Florida, they also race in Mexico. Um, they're actually jumping on board with CRG Mexico and the CRG brand as well. They had no, uh, Noel Leon uh, with the team on the CRG for this weekend, but the rest of the team was on OTK. I believe that they're going to be moving fully to CRG as well. So. A lot of brand talk here right now in Paddock Pass as we move over as well to PSL Cardi with Borel Art. We uh, obviously had announced on the website and as did PSL that uh, Mateus Morgado, the reigning champion, was going to run with them when he's over in North America this year. He'll be with Lennox Racing uh, in, in Europe. Uh, Mateus was strong throughout the weekend, but not super happy overall. He ended up having a couple of good results, but they really kept getting better throughout the weekend, as did Diego Ramos with him as well, his his uh, his PSL Carding Borel Art teammate. Uh, Ramos actually qualified on the pole on uh, Sunday, and they were both in the fight for sure. So that they were kind of developing things, which was interesting. Uh, to stay with Cart Republic, Trinity Carding Group actually not coming down to the Scusa Winter Series races. Not sure whether they're going to do the Pro Tour, tour either. Their their client base looking at a couple of different series. They will they will be at the USPKS, and I believe the Stars Championship too. And they re recently announced that they'll also be supporting the uh, GoPro Motorplex club program there as well so changing a bit the way they're focusing this kind of Dave opened the door for Chad Dock and racing to roll in to support a number of the cart republic drivers although Lucas Palacio who has raised with Trinity he and Aiden Levy and a couple other drivers were kind of in a bit of a privateer effort in fact I think Nate didn't you tell me that they, they didn't even set the tents up I think on Saturday at one point they were kind of working out of the back of the back of the trailers yeah I'm not too sure about that I, I might have been somebody else I was chatting with. None, yeah. Nonetheless, David, you, you know, interesting that Chad Dock and Racing, who have been on different chassis, of course, they work with Stephen Miller. Uh, they've kind of picking up 
you know, taking up the reins of the Cart Republic support at these Scusa Winter Series races. Yeah, it's uh, you know, he's he had Stephen Miller under the uh, with the Alonzo cart, which is built by Cart Republic, yep. uh, winning the Super Nationals. So in K100 Junior, so it, he they moved over to that brand. I want to say it was the sp- the Spring Nationals in Utah. And so they used all basically all the second half of the season to kind of get adjusted and acclimated moving over from the OTK brand. Um, so, yeah. So good to see, again, a former road racer and guy who races pretty much everything in oval yeah. and dirt oval and lay downs. And good to see him developing a, a program now. And, yeah, so they had a good a good core group, obviously had factory support um, with Joe attorney uh, coming over. Uh, making his Cart Republic debut as well under the pen. I believe they were working under the same tent. So um, really cool to see that. Uh, last but not least, uh, Intrepid was there, the Intrepid brand with the Goodwood Cartways team. And in fact, uh, Mirko Scurzoni, the owner of Intrepid, was trackside at Homestead as well with Goodwood Cartways. So we'll see whether or not we see uh, Mirko over here. I know they've got they've been working on some stuff in the back. Obviously, Goodwood Cartways based out of Canada. Uh, but they've been working on some stuff to get that uh, uh, Intrepid brand, you know, get its roots back here in North America, back in the U.S., where they were for many years with Champion Racing. So I would expect we're going to hear more announcements and we'll see more of the Intrepid brand, David, throughout the 2023 season. Yeah, that's always been a brand that's been very successful here in North America. You know, one of my first trips to Europe was with it the was. Intrepid group yeah. in 2006, uh, the Winter Cup at South Garda. So, uh, yeah, I have some roots with that with that program as well, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very cool to see. Again, a lot of a lot of excitement in terms of the industry. You know, energy is making a making a push. Very uh, true. We have an, another brand in Sodi Cart that's going to be we're going to have a little bit of an announcement on that a little soon, too, uh, on the website. So it's very it's very interesting to see uh, the manufacturers getting getting pumped up about the USA market and, and kind of getting that influx back uh into obviously covid had a lot to do with with certain things but they obviously have seen the growth and the number the numbers that i think all these programs are producing and they're like man we got to get our brands into that market massively so that's a great point great point yeah, yeah. The, the the there is no ho- there is no covid hangover yet right everybody's still super excited about the sport we're still hammering down record numbers here i expect we're going to see good numbers uh at the rock cup usa event this coming weekend uspks expecting to launch strong as well i expect good numbers on the west coast for the challenge of the americas there's a lot of excitement uh in national level karting right now which is great Yeah, it's great to see. And so with that, we'll head into our next commercial break. Again, the debrief to cover the Supercards USA Winter Series will continue on after these commercial breaks. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. 
Franklin Motorsports is also known for a wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS, our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With Force Cycle Racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in Briggs and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models, for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. And we are back with episode 105 of The Debrief, covering the Supercards USA Winter Series. I am David Cole, joined by Rob Howden and Nate Dean, who are trackside for the opening event of the 2023 calendar for eCardingNews.com. And we get, now we'll get into the race report, presented by Comet Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. So, Rob and Nate, this is uh, kind of your time as we'll get into the race report. And we're going to start with the X30 Senior presented by Speed Concepts Racing. And the headline for this category, first Scusa victories for Turney and Bonilla. 
Yeah, you know, coming out of the gate, <clears throat> Ryan Norberg was super strong, qualified on the pole on Saturday, stormed to the pre-final win as well, and just looked really good. In fact, I think he was a couple tenths of a second quicker uh, in the uh, in qualifying, so really good out of the gate. But as you know, Nate will, will add, the final was very, very interesting because Norberg did not have a, a good couple of opening laps, um, low on the tire pressures, got roughed up a little bit and got moved. I think almost, Nate, I think back to seventh, I think, something like that. Yeah, he kind of... Didn't have a good go of it this weekend for the opening round of 2023. Just, yeah, just couldn't figure it out in the final. He had pace in qualifying and in the pre-final, but just couldn't put a session together at the end of the day. Just hard fighting. Really, really hard fighting. And X30 he, he did have fast lap of the race. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me lay it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, the, the, the deal was, David, to be honest, like, again, low on the tire pressures, I think. A couple of the drivers are a little higher. You know, Ryan's the kind of guy that can carry a cart that's crappy, right, with, with low on tire pressure. But he really got roughed up. He was getting moved around a little bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Actually got into it. Um, <clears throat> who was it that got into it with him coming in turn number four? Why did I just lose that? Uh, Blake Nash. I believe Blake Nash and him got together a bit as well in turn number four, the first of the two hairpins. But he just got on the outside and moved back. But he started working his way forward, you know, putting the hammer down, just just knocking out good laps, getting to where he needed to be, and actually worked his way back up to second on the racetrack. But pushback bumper penalty dropped him back from second to fourth. He was not a happy man um, in in the uh, the scale line. Literally, uh, kind of walked away, declined an interview, I believe, with uh, with Cart Chaser. He was not happy at all, uh, and just kind of because obviously he knew he had the pushback bumpers, so he ended up going back. The driver who pulled out to the front and really put on a show, Dave, throughout the entire uh race there in the main event was Joe Turdy, right? Here's a guy that's a factory driver, formerly ran for Tony Cart, now running for Cart Republic, that factory team. And again, not surprising the level of his skill, able to roll in here and, and get the win. 3.254 seconds was the margin of victory, but less than that because you take out uh, take out Ryan uh, Norberg's time. Austin Garrison struggled a bit early, but found some speed in the uh, in the day and ended up coming into second, running the red speed for Speed Concepts Racing. Alessandro Tulio was strong all weekend long. He ends up P3. Norberg, as I said, down into the fifth spot. And really, David, it was kind of a recovery for Mateus Morgado because he was kind of outside the top 10 and just inside the top 10. Uh, but uh, they did find out, I think he had a, the cart was actually bent from something that happened in the pre-final. So pretty solid for him actually to get a P5 spot, uh, even with that bent go-kart. Yeah, got up to fourth at <laughs> one point early on and then yeah. settled into the fifth spot. So a good, again, making a debut first weekend, it's figure everything out. And that that's kind of uh, one thing I you mentioned in the paddock. He got him and, and Ramos along yeah. with Mar- Marnie Kremers. So that dynamic, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, those three kind of working together throughout <clears throat> the season. Morgado mentioned that, that I would not be surprised to see a lot of chassis development coming out of these guys over here, right, running on the MG tires. So I, I, this is going to be a storyline we're going to watch throughout the year, how the the development, the R&D of, of Morgado and all the input coming from Kremers, as you said, and Ramos, how is that going to play out for Burrell to get quicker and quicker? So this will be really interesting to watch throughout the weekend. Uh, hard charger in race number one was actually Noel Leon from CRG. Started all the way back in 35th after an issue in the pre-final. Stormed his way forward to a P7 result. So a great job for Noel Leon. Um, I was thinking he may be racing in the U.S. this year in cars. I think he'll be doing a lot of stuff over in Europe again. And we'll watch for him to, to kind of keep working his way towards Formula One. A uh, little change, though. Again, talking about PSL karting and Burrell Art dialing things in. Come Sunday... Uh, Diego Ramos was the driver to beat in qualifying. 
laid it down. David did a great job there. Yeah, good to see Ramos uh, setting a fast time and qualifying. Uh, again, uh, making that he made the transition to Burrell Art last year about midway through the season. So and his first pole interesting to see that. Yeah, his and first, first pole yeah. with them for sure. Yeah, and I think he was really happy with that. He wants to get the win. Uh, in the prefinal, Joe Turney then, though, came to the forefront to be able to get that done. Uh, I will say this, and, and Nate can kind of add, because Nate was, of course, out on the track taking the shots before putting the top tens up. So he was, like, literally ground level. But, you know, Xander Clemens, I talked about the fact that the racing was really good, really clean on Saturday. It seemed to be like gloves were off, intensity was up <laughs> for the main event on Sunday. Uh, Nate, would you kind of feel the same way? There was a, It was a big group up front. Yeah, everyone was – fairly well behaved on saturday and some good clean racing then a switch just flipped in all of them for sunday and it was like you said gloves off anything goes it was crazy and and that the thing about this racetrack david you've been to homestead a, a few times now um you could pass a lot of places right at that track one three four five seven nine like we just guys were diving diving in taking each other not taking each other out but diving in there was some really aggressive racing. And I think with that, it kind of shook everybody up. You know, Turney was up front for a while. He got shuffled back. In the end, the way it all played out was some of the contact that was happening. And guys going off the racetrack, four wheels off here and there. Thomas Navo was up there fighting. He had his elbows up as well. He was four wheels off on the grass coming out of nine over to 10 and 11 at one point. Um, it was kind of a breakaway with Donovan Benilla and Alessandro Dettulio. So a couple of young guns. You know, Benia just, I think, 16 years of age, runs for Rawlison Performance Group. And I was actually over there at the end of the day talking to Mike when Donovan came over. And, and you know, I was able to watch the interaction with Mike and Donovan at the end. And, and you know, Mike's just super proud of what he's done and to keep the pressure up, 100% development. Uh, you know, Ryan Norberg posted a couple things, I think, to social media, how proud he was of Donovan. So that's kind of that whole program, right, that, that Ryan want, he wants to win. <clears throat> but if he can't do it, he wants to have one of his guys do it. It was a huge national level victory i think for benia to come out david in front of such a, a really strong field yeah and to be able to hold off uh de tulio at a home tr at his home mm -hmm. track uh that's very key because again that that run down that last straightaway to the final corner i think uh benia just timed it just right to be able to slow up alessandro just enough to be able not to let him get him at the line so again with that counterclockwise direction of the racetrack. That's a, it's a very key aspect in terms of coming to the checkered flag uh, for that victory. So for, as you said, a 16 year old kind of learning uh, from Norberg and the Ralston performance group and able to, uh, to get that first Supercarts victory again, by only 63 thousandths of a second ahead of Alessandro de Tullio. Uh, Noel Leone picking up the pace and getting up to third on the podium uh, on that CRG. Uh, Canadian Thomas Naveau in the Cart Republic finishing fourth with uh, Joseph Tur or Joe Turney finishing fifth. So two Cart Republics in the top five. Yeah, indeed. A lot of contact in the prefinal. There was guys that were really getting at it. Tyler McIntyre was one of the drivers that struggled there, fell uh, to the back after. I, I want to say it might have been even the opening lap. There was some stuff in turn one. Anyways, he started 32nd. McIntyre was kind of a top 10 guy all weekend long in the Paralympics. So he ended up uh, starting 32nd, drove up to 11th in the main event. So a 21 spot improvement for Tyler McIntyre as the hard charger uh, in that category. So all in all, just some really good racing in X30 senior. And for me, uh, it's the precursor of what we're going to get, right? There are a lot of great young drivers. We've got good rookies coming up into the junior cat class as well. Maybe not as good as last year. I think it'll be strong, but it won't be as deep in terms of the rookie class. But uh, yeah, X30 senior is going to be a barn burner all year.
Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a good one, especially going the opposite direction when we come back there in February. Uh, so we'll head into our next class, which is the Pro Shifter presented by PSL Carding. And the headline for this division, former champions each take victory to begin 2023. Yeah, pretty easy, I think, to lay out this one here because there wasn't a ton of drivers. And really the battle for the race win throughout the entire weekend was between either A.J. Myers or Alan Isambard. <clears throat> but the bottom line is this, Dave, we never got a head-to-head battle in the main event. And I'll kind of lay it in here. Myers qualifies mm-hmm. P1 on Saturday. Uh, Isambard ends up winning the pre-final. Um, because Myers ends up getting a penalty uh, for not having the overflow catch can in the in the cooling system. So yeah, he disqualification. Getting, he got DQ'd, right? So Isambard then gets the win. He starts on the pole. Whole shot, walks away to a 2.8 second lead. Myers comes from last, which isn't that far back, ninth on the grid or 14th on the grid. Ends up getting to second, but they were almost identical in lap times. Um, so <clears throat> Myers closed up a little bit. He th- thought he was off a little bit, didn't change anything on the chassis from the pre-final to the final. And he said he probably should have because he couldn't really eat into the gap at all. So Isambard ends up walking away to the win. Myers gets second. Giorgio Carrara uh, on a Tony Kart running with International Motorsports ends up in uh, the third spot. Uh, Davide Foray running in the pro category for Intrepid with Goodwood Cartways ends up in fourth. And Gabriel Cower for Burrell Art ends up uh, in the fifth position. Myers, as we said, 13th to second. So didn't start dead last, but 13th to second. We just didn't get a battle between those guys on Saturday. So quick question. Did My- Myers had to obviously go through the master shifter guys first, correct? He did. Yeah, they, they, they lined him up straight up. Uh, but, and you know, was was that any <clears throat> any issues early no. on or was he able to get by those guys really quick? No, he got I think he probably got by. I think almost everybody in the first lap, first two laps, I believe, okay. uh, was able to slide through there. So, no, yeah, he had yeah, no yeah. issues at all with the long straightaway. And he's him. You know, the, the whole 10, 11 combination, he just rolls through there so well and just made some dive bomb moves at the end of the straightaway. Yeah, again, it's shifter guys are really good on cold tires, so it, that's kind of the difference. So I wasn't sure if if that's where Isambard was really able to get his gap uh, over Myers was was either getting held you know, getting held up by some of the other drivers as well too. Well, so. he got he got held up enough that he wasn't able to run the straight up laps, right? Yeah, yeah it took him a, took him a bit to get through it. Then of course he had to get through the Carraras and Cowers and 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 by foray. So once he got to the tail of the pro shot, the pro cut category. It just took him a little bit longer, a couple of laps. But gotcha. uh, Sunday, Myers, again, quickest out of the gate. Everything was strong. Wins the pre-final. But it, the problem was it was Isambard. Nate, he was – I literally – we start the pre-final, and Isambard, I think, was out of, I think he was out of lap number one, was he not? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So to see him on the side of the track, we're like, oh, no. So uh, this, this <laughs> anticipated battle we're hoping for, Isambard, who won the championship last year, it's his local track. He's probably got more yeah. laps on that track over the last couple of years than anybody. He's all, he's there all the time with Ansem Motorsports on the Formula K. So he ends up having the issue. He's got he's the guy that's got to come from the back of the pack. Not surprising. Gets the hard charger award from 12th up to second. But at that point, Myers was long gone. He wins by 3.2 seconds. So really, you know, we're looking forward to that next run in February when we can finally see these two guys go back, uh, go head to head rather. Yeah, and, and also in February, we might see a couple more drivers added to that roster that could I be able so. to be potential uh, podium challengers as well, too. Because, again, getting closer to the the March-April dates, again, January is still kind of that iffy thing for, for, for shifter drivers. Yeah. 
And so we'll see. So hopefully we'll get a couple more drivers. Maybe Formal will talk Rollison into letting him race again. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep we'll keep throwing that carrot out there and see if anybody takes that. So. I'll tell this. Magic Kart had a pretty solid team and a good run. They brought a lot of shifter cart guys down. As I said, Myers with the win. Isambard second. Laura Spinelli on a Magic Kart was uh, third. Carrera ended up fourth. And Gianno Torino had his, had his best run of the weekend coming home uh, in fifth. So three Magic Karts in the top five. Uh, for the pro shifter category. So pretty good, pretty good uh, performance by them. Uh, We'll get into KA 100 senior presented by Aspen sport and the headline Levy earns first scoos of victory. Lloyd returns to top of podium. Two really good storylines. I think number one, Aiden Levy qualifies on the pole. Uh, Really good run for him again on the uh, Alonso cart running that kind of privateer effort. Like I had said, uh, Peyton Phillips comes through. Peyton Phillips was strong all weekend long. He ends up winning the pre-final. Uh, and again, just basic. We won't go crazy into the long of the race, but basic KA 100 racing. I think it was a breakaway. And then we had some racing. Brought more guys back into the fight. Uh, one of the drivers was super fast. We mentioned him earlier running for Tesoro Raceworks, and that's Frankie Mossman. So it was kind of Mossman and Phillips running P1 and P2. Uh, I believe Phillips was P1. I think Mossman was second. Aiden Levy was hanging out there P3 for the last couple of laps. So, you know, what's going to happen? Where are we going to see a battle? Are we going to see a, a move? When's, you know, when is Mossman going to make the move? Well, Mossman tries to move over in turn number five, kind of gets into Phillips a little bit. That's, that's the second of the two hairpins, which is a right-hander. And they kind of push wide a little bit on the exit and a complete over-under. And literally, Levy just rolls up, beats him around sixth, gets to seven. He goes from third, David, to first on the final lap ends up taking a two-tenths of a second victory. It was a wild finish for sure. Yeah, and they get as you said, that's something we're going to expect to see not only at the Scusa Winter Series, but everywhere we go with KA100 or any of the 100cc categories throughout the season. So good to see uh, some great racing. So as you said, Levy on, on the top of the podium alongside Phillips and Frankie Mossman. Colin Lloyd in the fourth spot aboard the Magic Cart, and then Austin Jurors back to the Merlin brand. I don't think he's been on that since he was in the cadet ranks. So yeah. uh, good good to see uh, Austin in the uh, top five for Merlin Nation. And David, he had kind of said he was coming home, right? He was coming home to run with, with Jamie Siraki and was he, right. they were they were pretty happy being there. One of the big storylines, and 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 they, we, we've talked about this, Xander and I talked about it quite a bit on the broadcast as well. Um Thomas Stolzermanis. I think everybody's figured him to come out of the gate strong. He had some issues in the pre-final. He ended up being the hard charger, which you wouldn't expect. You figured he'd start farther forward. But Nate, he he kind of struggled a bit here and there. Wasn't great out of the gate. Did not qualify well. I think he had trouble, Nate, if I'm not mistaken, in the happy hour practice on Friday afternoon. He was actually in the slow group in qualifying. That was one of his biggest issues. Yeah, he was in the slow group. He did struggle quite a bit on Saturday, picked up the pace for Sunday, and we'll talk about that in a sec, but just wasn't the same Thomas that we saw at Supernats where he just walked away, could walk away from a field and completely control a race. He was into a bit of a new element of American K100 racing I've seen within the pack and having to really fight for it. So update on Stoll Sermanis on Friday in the final session, he was disqualified for being underweight. So that put him in the slow group. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, I, didn't, I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay. Well, listen, it's the hard charger is kind of a nice award, but you don't really want it because it means you started deeper in the field. Exactly. So he started 27th and drove up to P10. And as Nate said, he did show up a little bit better uh, on, on, on Saturday. Moving into Sunday, uh, one of the veteran drivers, Nick Turlecki, out of the gate. 
uh, qualified on P, P1. Uh, Aiden Levy picked up where he left off on Saturday. He was right in the fight there as well. Uh, but the, the, the battle, I think the, the cool factor on Sunday in the main event, Stolzer Manis was in the fight. Luke Wilkham was really good all weekend long too. He was super strong. Uh, but I think one of the cool storylines, and it's not even so much about the driver, but it's a little bit about, you know, the industry itself too. You know, David, last year we saw, or last couple of years, we've seen AJ Myers, but you know, every once in a while run a magic cart in single speed. This is, I think their first national single speed race win with Colin Lloyd, local driver being able to come away with a massive win. It is. Yeah. We've seen AJ Myers, you know, do fairly well, be top 10 competitor yeah. again, but he's not, he hasn't, he's not the hundred CC racer. Like he's like, he's not a Brandon Lemke or, you know, guys that, uh, you know, he, he he's not you know, a specialist. He, yeah. he is not, he, he does a great job in, in X 30 racing. I, I he'd probably do a little bit better there, but yeah, they tried to try their hand at it. So I haven't really been able to put like a driver, um like that to be able to be compete and when you go to homestead you think of local drivers and colin lloyd is one of those those drivers that you point out to winning last year in that chaotic race we had a year ago on sunday so he's able to match that uh that performance and beat a super nationals winner at the same time well, that's it thomas stolterman has ended up in second spot luke welcome another one of those top local drivers who kind of blew onto the national scene at the winter series when he was kind of right in there, won one of the races a couple of years ago. Austin Jurors again had a, had a good weekend all total, a couple of top fives for the Merlin Nation driver, P4, and Aiden Levy again winning yesterday, winning on Saturday and then coming back on Sunday for a top five finish. Frankie Mossman was the driver who had the issue in the pre-final. Um, I can't remember what it was for Mossman that, that took him off track. I think he might have lost a chain early. Uh, end up uh, starting at the tail of the field in 28th and driving his way back up to 7th. So all told, Mossman had good speed in the CRG, but losing that chain in the pre-final put him to the tail of the field. Yeah, wasn't able to complete a lap yeah, in the pre It was so. on the warm-up lap, coming like literally coming out of turn. No, it wasn't. It was on the. It was at the very start of the race. It okay. was coming through 1-2, the first lap. He got hammered and just cruised off. Yeah, tough. The tough, tough break for him. But again, showing the pace that that CRG has in the 100cc category. And with that, we'll head into commercial break as we continue on with the debrief of the Supercards USA Winter Series program. And we'll have the junior categories along with the master after in a, in after another break. So we got a lot of breaks here. So we'll get into commercial break number three right now. Motor mounts are critical to producing 100% of the power your engine has to get you on the podium each and every time. Odenthal Racing Products provide the best motor mounts in the karting market today. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience, providing products with unmatched quality and value for the karting market. Our newest product is the Pro Series mount for two-cycle engines, available in 0, 5, and 8-degree angles, providing a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a medium with fins underneath to help dissipate heat off the engine. Our four-cycle EZ set is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, ORP wedge clamps get the job done, featuring a number of updates to its design for a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro sizes. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, made in the USA. 
you can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Alan Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. And we are back with the debrief of the Supercarts USA Winter Series program at the AMR Motorplex. I am David Cole, joined by Rob Howden and Nate Dean, who are trackside for the event as we continue our race report presented by Comet Kart Sales as we now head into the X30 Junior category presented by Rollison Performance Group. And the headline is victories to start out 2023 for Rivera and Vidmontian. Yeah, for me, it was, you know, Enzo, uh, <clears throat> Ernesto Rivera coming off the big win at the Super Nationals and he backs things up, right? He wins the biggest race of the year and then caps it in, in essentially a two-month back-to-back <laughs> as he uh, as he wins uh, on Saturday as well. He was really strong throughout the entire day, qualified on pole, won the pre-final, really kind of dominated the action to a, ter- to a certain extent. Uh, Steve Miller was really good. He ends up finishing in second. Teddy Musella in third. Oliver Weldon was up there again. Remember, Weldon was the mini Swift champion last year in the Winter Series. So he's a rookie. Uh, his home track did a tremendous job in the LN racing cart machine. He was fourth. And Enzo Vidmontien, I think, is a driver running with Motaz Sport on the parallel, David, that we're going to watch throughout the year because he was good uh, in both X30 Junior and KA100 Junior. He's going to be a driver who's going to fight for, for championships, I think, here in 2023. Yeah, again, that whole top five uh, drivers who we saw have success last year and but just weren't able to put themselves in the elite category in terms of junior drivers. And I think that top five you're looking at that you just mentioned, I think that's going to be the elite drivers and drivers we're going to see fighting out for victories throughout the season. And as you said, Vid Montien, we're going to be watching him throughout the season while everybody was chasing him on Sunday. The thing about Rivera is, David, you know when you win, you, you win that first big race. You know, he, all year long last year, uh, kind of in the shadow of uh, Caleb Gaffera. Gaffera was kind of the lead guy for all performance group. Rivera's in there battling it out, getting better and better, than, of course able to get the win in the Supernats. Nate, I don't know if you talked to Ernesto or saw Ernesto or not. He just seems super relaxed. You know, I, I, maybe the, the, obviously the confidence from winning in, in Vegas. He just seemed like ready to go, ready to go to battle on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I have been talk to him and I don't spend too much time around the RPG tent, but just seeing him on grid compared to other races throughout the season, it just seemed like the tension was off. The shoulders were a bit higher. Yeah. He, he, it seemed like he felt like he was supposed to be there. Like he knew that he could get that result after the super Nats win and just had a lot more confidence going into this weekend. 
I like that line. You're like, he felt like he, you know, he, he's, he deserves to be there, right? He feels he has it. And that's, I think that's going to play out a lot. I think he's going to be a driver that's going to go for championships all year long. Uh, Gennaro Trappa was the uh, fast, uh, was a hard charger, rather. Started back in 25th and worked his way up into the top 14. Uh, the battle was pretty strong throughout the entire day, David. We talked about Enzo Vidmontien going P5 on Saturday. Came out of the gate and really, I don't want to say dominated the action because there was so much great racing, but he topped every session. Qualified on the pole, won the pre-final, and ended up getting the race win after some tremendous racing. Uh, but he, the good story for me in this one was actually another one of the RPG drivers, Jackson Woolley stepping up in a big way. He was in the middle of the fight, you know, top five drivers. He was right there, kind of P4 for a while. Ends up working his way forward, passed a bunch of really good drivers, and was putting the pressure on Vid Montiano for the last lap. Yeah, I don't think Woolney, I think this is his RPG debut, if, I, if I'm correct in that. I don't uh, think it he might ran be. With them yeah, before. it might have been, but they've been so, working with him in the offseason, I believe. Yeah, so again, you know, we've seen that with Caleb Gaffera step up and be right there right away when he made his RPG debut. Hayden Jones, another driver doing that. A number of different drivers kind of step up. Again, just just that little extra little bit. And again, working with different teammates, as you said, Rivera right there, Max Taylor. Uh, so that kind of helps bring your confidence up, as you guys were just saying about Rivera. Rivera is kind of leading that train right now for RPG. And so that just helps the other drivers pull in. But again, Vid Montan just a little bit too much for everybody on the day to be able, able to sweep uh, the round two action, winning by three-tenths of a second over Wolney. Uh, Rivera in the third spot, Max Taylor fourth, and Leonardo Escorpione in the nice. fifth spot aboard the Tony cart. Again, another local driver doing well at Homestead. Again, something we'll see in all the different categories throughout the event. Yeah, for uh, for uh, Zella Racing as well, for Leonardo Scorpioni. Anthony Martella ends up in the hard charger position, started 19th and was able to race his way into the top 10. So great job for Martella up nine spots. So now we'll get into KA100 Junior presented by Motaz Sport. And the headline for this category, Burnett and Miller carry momentum into 2023. So the cool factor of uh, of Saturday was it was the first of our last lap over under third to first. We saw it, <laughs> we saw it obviously with Aiden Levy. So uh, Stephen Miller, again, we've talked about him already throughout the, this, this podcast. He was unbelievably quick. And I think is going to be quick all year. This is his year to kind of shine as well, along with Vid Montian, along with Rivera. A lot of these guys, are, you know, are in their next, their maybe final years of junior. Uh, Vid Montian ends up winning the pre-final, but so the way things kind of rolled out at the end of the KA100 Junior main event was a three-driver breakaway, which was exciting. So Stephen Miller and Enzo Vid Montian won two, and it was it was Jensen Burdett kind of right there, but he wasn't really able to, you know, he wasn't able to get into second where you kind of want to be on the final lap, either leading or in second especially at Homestead. So they come down the straightaway, final lap, rolling down in. It's going to be Miller versus Vidmontian. They, you know, they Miller defends a little bit to the inside, maybe a bit of a bump and run for Vidmontian because uh, the race director, Bo Barfield, did say that, you know, we're going to let you guys race a little bit. We're, you know, we're going to, a little bit of a bump and run is not the worst thing. We're going to let that happen. You run the risk of the, the, the pushback bumper, but we're going to let you race. So Vidmontian gets back into the Miller a little bit. They push off wide. There's a bit of an exit space there. Miller goes on to the rumbles. Vidmontian's got to gather it up. And Burnett does the full wide run, wide entry, over, under. And they're essentially three wide, essentially. Or he's at least two wide with Vidmontian side by side. 22 thousandths of a second at the line. And Burnett actually comes away with the win. Yeah, exciting finish wow. there for the junior category. And yeah, again, 
homestead, that final lap, you got that long straightaway. A lot yeah. can happen in that in that real estate. And again, Ben Br- Burnett just timed it out right. We saw in the senior category where DeTulio wasn't able to time it just right, and, and Benia was able to hold him off. So again, j- lastly, I like that Bo Barfield's kind of letting them race a little bit more. Yeah. Again, you know. A little bit of contact's not detrimental unless you get put into a wall. That's yeah. a different thing. But yeah. let the guys race again. They especially, gotta learn, Dave. Especially when the driver's blocking down the inside. Especially like, when you're blocking. Yeah. When you're not blocking. When you're defending. <laughs> when yeah. you're defending, you're gonna. You got to expect to get a little bit of contact. I so 100%. I, I, I enjoy that. So, as you said, uh, Burnett winning by twenty two thousandths of a second over Miller with Vidmantian in the third position. Uh, Ivana Richards aboard the Tony cart in the fourth spot and Ernesto Rivera in the fifth position. Uh, Salvo, Salvador Della Vecchia making his uh, junior debut, getting the hard charger, moving up 17 spots, 42nd to 25th. So again, a big field of 50 carts. So there's obviously going to be a, a lot of drivers trying to gain yeah. a lot of positions in that main event. And let me just throw this out there. You know, Nate wasn't in putting the top tens in. You know, normally we'd get the shot of the potential winners and come in and get that top, the top tens on social media. He was out there on the racetrack because Nate, you got a pretty badass shot of them coming across the line side by side. Yeah, it was. There's a couple times throughout the weekend where they were going side by side and then decided to make a bit of contact at the line. And you can yeah. see me on the car chaser broadcast just skedaddle out of the way pretty quickly. <laughs> good man. It always keep, makes for some good racing and some good an, photos. Keep an eye out, man. I don't want you getting hit out there. I would be, be yeah, don't, yeah, don't be a Trevor. Don't, don't be, be a Trevor Trevor. Blue. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, it was a tremendous battle, as we said. Great run for, for Burnett. Uh, come Sunday, uh, we talked about Miller. Right. Uh, Stephen Miller, especially at that track, he's a Florida driver. He knows that track really well. Rivera, again, showing his strength and his confidence. He qualifies on pole. They've got that cosmic rolling. But Miller really was the kind of guy to, to beat at the end. He was able to get to the front again, ends up scoring the win. He was challenged by Burnett at the end, um, but but not enough that he was going to kind of get overtaken. He had enough of a gap over the final circuit. So Miller ends up with the win on the Cart Republic. Uh Jensen Burnett, so a win and a second for Burnett, but he won't be back for the second Scusa weekend. He's going to be over in Europe. I guess going to do some extensive racing in Europe for Burnett this year. So sadly, we won't we won't see him in February. I think one of the big stories of the main event on Sunday, other than uh, Stephen Miller's victory, was the, the podium for Hudson Schwartz. And here's a young driver again running with Rollison Performance Group, kind of dialing things in. He in the wet session, I think at the wet session on Friday, he ended up going over a curb, coming out of the cart, coming back down on his ribs. And he injured his ribs pretty badly enough that they went to the ER uh, to, to see if anything was wrong. Um, and so he kind of suffered through and, and soldiered on through uh, really painful ribs, uh, ribs situation throughout the weekend. And, and this is a tough track. We know uh, Homestead's a tough track. So for him to be able to, to, to suck it up and get to P3, I think that's a really, really great performance for Hudson. Yeah, ribs are are an issue at Homestead. We've seen that with Hannah Greenmeyer and other yeah, drivers right. uh, racing at uh, at the Homestead circuit. Again, curbing is uh, – I think they're not – as because, again, the way they reshape them, yeah. I think they don't hit them as hard. But, again, just the left, right, left, right, back and forth, it it's kind of can be brutal on the ribs. So, uh, yeah, great performance by Schwartz there on the podium. Vidmontien in the fourth position. <laughs> And then Jackson Wolney with another top five finishing in the fifth spot. Uh, Rivera was able to drive up 38 spots. So I guess he had some issues in the pre-final 
to go from 49th to 11th to be the hard charger for Sunday. Yeah, I can't recall why Rivera went to the back. Nate, do you, do you remember it all? Um, He didn't start the pre-final. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, I go. think his chain fell off or something. I was going over to take photos of that race in the turn, like one through three complex, and he was just sitting there next to his well, guard. Pretty solid run to the front then. Dave, 38 spots up to 11th. Good, good, good job for him. Yeah, so if it's not ribs, it's chains that That's take it, you out in, home, in Homestead. Apparently. And with that, we'll head into our next commercial break as we continue on with the debrief of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. And we'll have uh, a quick rundown of the two master categories, KA100 and Master Shifter, after these commercials. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Top level production with a focus on a single form of motorsport, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the U.S. Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. Whether it's the medium SH Red or the soft SM Yellow that you find at many karting events in the U.S., or the Super Soft Green SS and the Intermediate White IZ Optional Compounds, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution to long-lasting and the best performance with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires for the drivers. And back with the debrief of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. I am David Cole, joined by Rob Howden and Nate Dean, who are trackside as we continue our race report presented by Comet Cart Sales. We'll get into the K100 Master presented by Cart Racing Solutions. Headline, Schiavo and Greedo earn inaugural victories. Yeah, this will be this will be a pretty game. quick uh, quick segment here right now because pretty much some significant dominance in both the categories. Mm-hmm. Uh Luis Schiavo really absolutely flat dominated things in K100 Master. And you said the first time that they had the K100 Master program on the uh, the Winter Series, it's been X30 uh, master for the last couple of years and it's really got down to you know, kind of single digits at sometimes. Uh Schiavo was great, just dominated the action on Saturday really. The the battle was more for second. On Saturday with Ruben Ravello and Michael Garrido, the two Alessandro racing teammates going at it. Uh, they end up uh, battling out. Ravello made a pass late in the race to grab uh, second away from Garrido. So that was the podium. 
Miguel Mir coming home and forth. And Mario Dominguez, former champ car driver, many years in the champ car series, running for uh, Alessandro Racing. He ends up P5. Mir was the hard charger, but only two spots up, six to fourth. Moved to Sunday, and uh, Michel Garrido actually found some more speed. He was able to outrun him in qualifying. Schiavo, who who won the pre-final. But everything changed then, David, on the really the opening lap of the uh, of the final, where Schiavo had some kind of a, a braking issue and had zero brakes whatsoever, came off the racetrack, and that kind of opened the door for Garrido to just really to take it take over, and he ran away to an 8.1-second win. Yeah, Miguel Mir able to improve up to the second position to get on the podium for uh, the first time on the weekend. Uh, Ruben Ravello in the third spot, so two podium finishes for him on the weekend. Diego Rodriguez in the fourth spot, and Elliot Van Rankin in the Tony Kart finishing fifth. Iran Sanchez aboard the Cosmic was the hard charger, getting six spots, moving 13th to 7th yeah, to close fine. out. Sorry, final note there would be uh, Mero Dominguez was actually running a, a strong second uh, right to the, the penultimate lap, second last lap on Sunday, but his rear bumper had snapped and broken and fell off. So he got the meatball flag. So he has to pull off from second. So a great one-on-one scrap between Miguel Mir and, and Ruben Ravello that ended up with Mir in third actually became the battle for second. So with uh, him pulling off, Mir ends up goes to second, Ravello goes to third. So tough one for Mario Dominguez because he kind of had things handled there, David, in P2. Yeah, again, two more rounds to uh, to kind of make up the ground on Schiavo, who had a DNF. But uh, so a lot, a lot of things can happen. Uh, in the final two rounds in terms of championship way uh, come next month. So we'll head into the Master Shifter presented by Greyhound Racing Seats. And the headline will be Double Win Weekend for Defending Champ. Yeah, and that defending champ is Scott Skitchy Barnes from Bermuda running with the Magic Cart guys. He qualified on the pole position, won the pre-final, and ran away to a 4.9-second win over Patrick Otto Madsen on the Ansa Racing Formula K machine. Scott Presti was actually really strong in qualifying, but something happened in the pre-final, and he didn't make the main event, I don't believe. Uh, so he was able to run away. Uh, Barnes was able to run away. Uh, Patrick Otto Madsen by himself in second. Brighton, Dan Brightenstein on the Burrell Art for Ricer Racing was third. Frank Runkle on the Magic Cart was fourth. Came back on Sunday, though, and Patrick Otto Madsen, who bases their karting program, the Anson Motorsports karting program, from Homestead, actually laid down the fast lap. He qualified in the pole, and then Scott Pressey stepped up on the Ralph Schubacher chassis. He ended up winning the pre-final because Barnes had an issue. He was on the sidelines and had to start dead last uh, in that race as well. Well, any idea what the issue was for Barnes in the I pre-final? Actually, I actually didn't ask him. We just were kind of running around. I'm not sure what happened to him in the pre-final. He ended up, it was coming out of turn six over to seven. And from the very start of the race, he was on the sidelines. It was something happening on the very opening lap. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it didn't matter. In the main event, Scott got a great start uh, and eventually was able to work his way by Patrick Otto Madsen uh, to pull away to a five-second lead. The real battle throughout the entire race was Patrick Otto Madsen versus Scott Presty. They, they diced it out for the majority of the race before Presty retired early. Yeah, tough tough break on for Presty because he seems like he had the pace all weekend long, just yeah. uh, not not having the luck, you know, getting that pre-final win. So one, one session went his way, but it seemed like all the rest were a bit difficult. So hopefully he'll have that remedied for the second weekend and we'll be able to see both Patrick Otto Madsen and Presty 
battle barns for for the victories on the weekend. And hopefully as well, you mentioned it in Pro Shifter, right? We're closer to the start of the season, so maybe we'll get a couple more Masters drivers coming out to play to dial themselves in for the Scusa Winter Nationals, which as we know now will be held in the state of Florida. So maybe some more Florida drivers will get dialed in knowing that they can run a track in Orlando that they've run before. So we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get a couple more Masters drivers coming out to play. Yeah, we missed that in the paddock pass, but I think we'll bring that up in the wrap up. So yeah. uh, a little bit uh, later, we'll get to that wrap up. But first, we have a commercial break and then we'll get into mini Swift and micro Swift. So just hang on for a couple more commercials as we'll get to those categories right after this. Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslkarting.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full karting packages. All three brands, Burrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. You want the best, you just gotta roll with the best. Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperstands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but karting's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands. Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, bead breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer, team, and budget. Streeter Superstance has over 30 continuous years of experience. Brick cart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service, that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreeterSuperstands.com. Roll with the best, StreeterSuperstands.com. And we are back with the final race report segment here on the debrief covering the Supercards USA Winter Series program at AMR Motorplex. Again, the race report presented by Comet Cart Sales, and we'll now head into the Mini Swift category. We'll have Rob Howden and Nate Dean kind of break this down. I am David Cole. Again, the headline for Mini Swift category, Palacio shines in main events. Yeah, this was really big because we, there was two stars, really. Let's, let's be real. Two stars of the main event in Mini Swift uh, on Saturday. Uh, Alessandro Trucho qualified on the pole. He's been, he was good all weekend long. He ends up winning the pre-final as well. Uh, and there was some really good racing up front. Uh, they, guys were going back and forth. Trucho, Ashton Woon, uh, Tristan Murphy was in there. A bunch of other drivers were in the fight up front in the in the Mini Swift class. This all this racing allowed two drivers to come from the tail of the field. Palacio had an issue in the pre-final. He started 29th. He ends up driving all the way forward. We keyed on him big time. He just kept coming forward, closer, 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 and ended up making a last lap pass 
to grab the win. It really, you know, stunned the paddock that he was able to get the job done coming from 29th to be able to get this victory in what we know is a very tight field in Mini Swift, right? He was just absolutely on fire to work his way forward, end up getting by Ashton Woon on the parallel who finished second. But Palacio's win was absolutely massive. Maybe even more impressively, it was Kai Johnson, David, on the Bennett. He started 42nd, almost at the very tail of the Mini Swift field, and passed 39 drivers. This is a true awesome hard charger award. He ended up finishing on the podium in third. It was an amazing drive for Kai Johnson. Yeah, amazing drive for him. 39 spots in 20 laps. That's that's nearly two carts a lap. Uh, or at least one and a half. I'm not sure you can pass half a cart, but uh, <laughs> um, it, it just boggles my mind that again, many drivers are not locking up. We've seen a lot of it yeah. last year with Harvick, you know, getting two drivers to kind of break away. I, you would think after watching that and getting beat by that, people would start learning and be able to do that. But it seemed like these guys just wanted to be the leader every single lap and it didn't matter who was in front of them. They were going to pass them. So it seemed like that, that helped and allowed Palacio and Johnson to be able to close in. And this is one of those tracks when you start defending into the hairpin yeah. turn four, hairpin turn five, you lose so much exit, you bring everybody back in. The track really doesn't play for the leaders lead, uh, battling up front. And, yeah. and they, that that's the issue we saw, right? Those Everybody was battling. Everybody wanted to lead. They were dicing each other left and right. Yeah, for sure. There was just across all classes, there was just a ton of battling in those uh, dual hairpin sections always bringing yeah. the all the classes a lot closer calling back to k jr the with jensen burnett's win on saturday it was a 10 cart field for the win with two laps to go going <laughs> into was. the second hairpin yeah you're right no doubt and it shouldn't have been right there was there should have been yeah. a breakaway for sure yeah uh, yeah those hair those hairpins are kind of kind of the cause because again, you go defensive mode right away when you're heading into, especially the second hairpin, more so in the counterclockwise direction, uh, just because of the way the track's laid out, because you have that quick left right after on the exit. So makes for an interesting thing. So to wrap up the top five, Palacio first, Ashton Woon in the second spot ahead of Kai Johnson, Tristan Murphy aboard the Paralyn in fourth, and Ethan Tovo aboard a Paralyn in the fifth spot. Yeah, Tovo came back, David, on Sunday and qualified on the pole position. Trucheau then emerged as the pre-final winner. Like I said, he knows that track very well. He races it very well and, and was able to get a, a strong run there. He was in the fight at, up front on the main event on Sunday, as well as Michael McGoy. Uh, Kai Johnson didn't have to come from the tail of the field this time, so he was in the middle of the fight. This time it was Ashton Woon, actually, who had to come from the tail, but he couldn't get all the way to the very front. But, to, but the bottom line is Lucas Palacio did it again. He started within the top 10 and just worked his way forward. Uh, and again, was really good in the second half of the race, as he was on Saturday. Uh, finally worked his way up into the into the second position, was able to take the lead in the final lap and scored another win, cruising out uh, out of the final corner to win by four tenths of a second. Really, for Palacio, uh, got to be, in my opinion, probably his career best overall performance on a weekend. Yeah, and ran the quickest lap of the race on lap 19 as he was uh, closing up on True Show there for the final lap battle. So that's, yeah, a good weekend to, yeah. to, to be able to drive from the back forward and then the next day be able to kind of play a good game of chess and be beat out the competition that you're pretty much going to be racing throughout the season. So uh, Palacio winning, taking the victory by four tenths ahead of Michael McGoy. Uh, Trucheau in the third spot ahead of Johnson with Devin Waltz aboard the Cart Republic under the Speed Racing Concepts or Speed Concepts Racing Tent uh, in the fifth position. And I'll just throw this out there. 
I told uh, Lucas's dad, Nick, he made us look good because we we, <laughs> we, we make him our first EKN one to watch driver. And he was definitely the one to watch. So yeah. We look good there. <laughs> yeah. And then to close out the category, Ash, uh, Ashton Moon picking up the hard charger award, 25 spots, 41st to 16th. So you said not quite the same performance that we saw with Palacio and, and Johnson the day before, but a good recovery after an issue in the pre-final. All right, uh, David, let's roll into micro. Cap it off. You wanted you wanted to do it, didn't you? I, I, it was just—I don't know. It just—it feels natural, right? It feels natural. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. This is fun. Uh, Micro Swift presented by Rissa Racing. The headline for this category: Pisonia Neto sweeps weekend. Yeah, I got qualified for the pole position in the Micro Swift category of the Super Nationals, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him. Of course, the son of former Formula One driver Antonio Pizzonia, who actually ended up winning the winning in the in the Master Shifter class at the Super Nats. Flat dominated the action. He was the guy to beat. Very similar to what we saw from Alessandro Trucheau last year. Was never challenged throughout the entire weekend. Uh, qualified on pole, won the pre-final, drove away to a six point seven second win on Saturday. Parker Ives and uh, Pali, uh, Pasha Ali, who we mentioned in the outlap, David, uh, end up running second and third all race long. Ali finished uh, third behind Ives in second, but did not have the chain guard when he came across the line. And Tech ends up losing that and gets DQ'd. So that moved up Valentino Santian on a parallel and up into third. Uh, Jao Paulo Bonadaman on a parallel and fourth. And Maxwell Masha in the fifth spot. Uh, we mentioned this in the podcast as well. We talked about it throughout the broadcast as well on the weekend. Top 10 drivers last year for the championship in micro, all moving up into mini Swift or not running this year. So really a brand new group of drivers that we're seeing who were outside the top 10 last year, their time in the sun. Yeah, that's going to be kind of the the story of the micro Swift or micro category throughout the season is is picking and uh, and learning about these drivers who are going to be running up front. Uh, as we go from event to event, it, you know, you talk, you talk about the disqualification for Ali. It's interesting that we haven't adjusted that ruling for water bottle or catch can or, or a chain guard. Like I understand these are things you need on the cart. I'm just wondering why a complete disqualification is needed for, for something like that, yeah. that is non-performance but you need on the cart. I, I, I really like to see again, I, a little quick soapbox. I'd like to see that be maybe a five or 10 position penalty in the future, because then it doesn't completely disrupt your race week, your race day. Agreed. Agreed. Now, thankfully, thankfully for, for the, I guess Scusa's going with a drop. I didn't realize this, but they're having one drop this year. So instead of taking all four races, you only take the three races. So it would have been good for Pasha Ali, except coming into Sunday where Antonio Pizzonia Nito uh, just walked again he had an issue, I believe, at the very uh, Ali did at the very start. I think he lost the chain at the start of the pre, uh, the, the main event, so he got no results uh, for Ali. Pazonianito ran away to a five point two second win on Sunday. Valentino Santian in the, in the uh, Santian rather was quick all weekend long. In fact, I think it was a fast driver got the got the fast lap, I believe, on Sunday. It wasn't Pazonianito, so yeah, yep. Santian, Santian ends up in second. Uh, Jao Paulo Bonadaman once again into the top. Uh, uh, top three onto the podium. Maxwell Masha was there again as well, but Colton Schneegenberg this time on the energy, uh, putting it together on Sunday as he worked his way up into the top five. I'm glad you said that name because I needed to hear it before I said it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's different. It's different. It, that's how I, I just can't get it. Uh, Parker Eves uh, with the hard charger on Sunday going 18 spots, 28th to 10th. So not sure what, uh, what happened to him on the pre-final. 
missed it. There was a couple drivers that went off for some contacts, so that might have been it. Otherwise, yeah, Parker Ives is still going to be in the fight, 10th position. He'll have two more shots at it to uh, to at least try to battle Pazonia uh, for the championship. Again, all, all Antonio needs is one more dominant day, uh, and he'll lock things up on Saturday. Uh, round number three, he can get it done. So a quick uh, final commercial break, and we'll get into our wrap-up Constructors Championship and our ECAN Trackside Live race calendar right after these commercials. 2019 marked a new era for the Cartlift brand, the company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since 2003, one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business, Stockholm Karting Center, in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center, Inc. has added the Cartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper Push the button and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, cart lift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cart lift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-8020. 777-8020. Get a cart lift and leave your crew at home. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching, and passion. And at Team GFC, we live our passion. Developed by American karting champion Gary Carlton, GFC chassis has become one of the newest brands to reach the top of the podium in North America. GFC has garnered victories and championships at all levels of the sport since its debut at the end of 2018. Shipper car drivers are at the front of the field in the GT14 frame, with the SS31 a consistent contender in tag and 100cc competition. Team GFC has arrive and drive packages available for all categories including the mini and micro classes utilizing the GFC RR5 cadet chassis. These young pilots have the opportunity to be part of the Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with 28 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC. GFC, live your passion. And we are back with the debrief covering the Supercar 2SA Winter Series at AMR Motorplex. I am David Cole, joined by Rob Howden and Nate Dean, who are trackside, and we're going to give them the opportunity to provide us a quick little wrap-up of the opening rounds of the program down in Florida. So Rob, what, uh, what are kind of some keynotes 
uh, to kind of close out uh, the opening two rounds of the series. You know, Nate and I obviously have different, uh, we were kind of from different standpoints, right? I was on the broadcast uh, throughout the weekend. Nate was on the racetrack taking lots of shots, handling the coverage and, and the social media posting. For me, just a couple of lines. It's just a really impressive weekend all total. I, I, I'm impressed by a lot of the, the rookies that have moved up the classes. They were strong. Scusa's got to be happy. Uh, felt like kind of a flawless event, you know, no real issues, record numbers at 250, which bodes well, I think moving into the 2023 season, uh, you know, you always wait till the final checkered flag was done and, and it came no red flags, a pretty clean weekend, which is amazing. Uh, and as we mentioned earlier, I think one of the things was everybody was kind of clean coming out of the gate. We're going to race clean on Saturday. It's going to be fun. Then, as I always say, everybody comes into Sunday with a different mindset, right? If you won the race, you can be more conservative. If you struggled, you can battle back. So the intensity amped up, I felt, you know, consistently over the two days to the point where it was kind of boiling over to a certain extent come Sunday afternoon. So all in all, though, for me, uh, a really good feel. And I think, you know, again, that's why I always favor the one final weekends because you don't get that when you only have one main event. Yeah. <laughs> when you have two People, as you said, they're either conservative the next day or they're just the red mist comes and they just don't care. So, uh, yeah, a little bit. But you, you're always going to expect that when you have the two final weekend formats. So, Nate, what were kind of some of the wrap up uh, items that you'd like to cover uh, covering the weekend? Obviously, you were involved in some breaking news uh, at the end of Sunday. Yeah. And everyone was after <laughs> Tom came on when you guys were, you and you, Rob, were wrapping up the end of the broadcast. Unannounced, by the way. A bit of a, <laughs> a, bit of a funny moment, <laughs> admittedly. But yeah, going to Orlando for Winter Nationals. Talk more about that in some later podcasts, I presume. But yeah, an overall pretty good weekend. It went, I mean, I couldn't think of anything that went wrong. Obviously, no red flags, no big issues with scoring. A bit of a scare after someone plugged their space heater in and the broadcast went down. But moving on from that, <laughs> it was it was a pretty good weekend. Okay, okay. So I, I I need I know we wanted to wrap this up quicker, but I need I need a quick breakdown first of the Tom Kutcher moment. What? So he just got on the microphone. Like no, the essentially, Xander and I were getting ready to kind of wrap things up for the day. We were done with the last deal. Tom wandered into the uh, cart chaser booth and was kind of standing behind us and started talking a little bit. And I just, I, we, I, we were trying to kind of get our mics to the point where we could hear us because I guess he wanted to make the announcement because they had signed the contract, I think, to move to Orlando. So I just took my headset off and gave it to Tom and bailed out of the, <laughs> bailed out and let Xander handle it. So yeah, Tom essentially came on and announced that. Uh, that the super that the winter nationals was moving to Orlando. We had no idea it was happening. It just kind of, he kind of rolled into the side that he wanted to tell everybody. So, uh, yeah. So, and we'll have, we get, we're working on an article that we'll yeah. publish on ECAN with a little more insight and more, more exactly. details from Supercards USA regarding yeah. that. Um, but who, who's, who's the pansy who needs a space heater? Uh, well, I'll tell you this, David, it was underneath the, underneath the canopy, the, the car chaser canopy with, there was a, a ton of wind on the weekend. It wasn't me. I was fine. Um, uh, we were all shit. Everybody was shivering because we were right. in the sun, right? It was cold under, and it, it was like 45 degrees or 50 degrees plus the wind plus no sun. So it was a little chilly. But, so yeah. you won't, you won't name names. Uh, no, I will not name names because Damn. we shut everything down. So. <laughs> <laughs> blew the breaker we lost i think we lost i think we even lost live timing for a second yeah it was uh it was well see this this is why um you know homestead they keep talking about how they're going to build a, a scoring tower and announcing booth we need an indoor place to be yeah. able to 
to do our coverage. Again, this, we're not going anywhere. I, they got to understand that. I mean, you know, we got places like Speed Sports that actually dedicate our the tower to certain people and certain individuals. So yeah, they do. That's right. We need that. So right. uh, let's get into the uh, constructors championship. Um, I think I did my math wrong there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine different brands winning uh, on the weekend for the 18 different wins. So a pretty good uh, diversity in terms of brands. Uh, but it was Cart Republic and Magic Cart leading the way with four victories. Yeah. Uh, Perilyn with three, Cosmic with two. And then we have Alonzo Cart, Formula K, Tony Cart, Xpree, and Red Speed all with one. So a lot of OTK in there. But uh, again, good. You know, Magic Cart, I think, was kind of the uh, the story with four victories because we expect to see Cart Republic up there at, being at Homestead and very uh, a good again very familiar with that track being a home track for for Cart Republic. So, uh, but again, nine different brands that's that's a good number to have uh, yeah, to start the year. Yeah, and, and you know, Magic Cart, you know, is going to be strong with AJ Myers there. Scott Barnes, of course, on the Magic now too, so he he did well there. It's to me for Magic, it's the KA100 Senior win, as I had said by Colin Lloyd. That for them to get a single speed victory, I think it's massive. We'll see, hopefully, see some more Magic Carts out there in single speed competition. Yeah, again, Alonzo Cart uh, produced by Cart Republic, so essentially five for that uh, that manufacturer. So sure enough, uh, we'll head into the Ecan Trackside Live race calendar presented by OTK USA. All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is this gold standard for quality and performance. In the United States, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK, from the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, and EOS chassis, and now the new Gallard and Lando Norris brands. OTK quality is second to none. To learn mo more about specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, EOS, Gillard, or LN Kart, visit otkusa.com. So we have two events on the uh, the calendar coming up for the month of February. We are done for January, so Rob's doing a quick little vacay out in Utah before heading back to the uh, his homeland in Canada. Nate's back in the cold of Minnesota before he'll head back to Florida for the second round of the Supercarts USA Winter Series. But our next event on the calendar is the actual Trackside Live event for Challenge of the Americas, the 16th season of that program. It's going to kick off February 3rd through the 5th at the Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. So our 13th season with challenge of the Americas. Yeah. Looking forward to that one for sure. David, you and I'll be trackside there full trackside live. So we'll have our EKN uh, live broadcast as well, playing on the EKN radio network. And uh, you'll be able to tune into that for sure. So everybody will be ready to rock there. Looking forward to get out there. Looking forward to seeing the OKN chassis and the OKN class as well. That category is going to make its debut. A number of drivers, David have already kind of stated their intent to run that class on social media. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And, and you're right. After that, the, following week i'll be home for two days then back in the air heading back down to miami with nate for the final rounds of the supercarts usa winter series we talked about a lot of drivers in this podcast we'll see whether or not they can step things back up and score a championship to start the season from there it's on to the scusa pro tour but again yeah one more stop one more trip down to homestead for nate and i and then uh then we'll keep looking at the calendar i think we're looking at 25 or so races here for 2023 yeah, and also the Rock Shifter Junior category at Challenge of the Americas making its debut in yeah. February. So we got, I know we have a couple of mini drivers that are already moving up into that ranks, including Gage Corn. So uh, again, we'll see 
not too sure yet on the numbers for that category, but I think the OKN, we're going to have double digits for sure with uh, a number of drivers uh, taking that opportunity to, to, to make that class debut here in North America. So exciting uh, head, Nate, uh, are you looking forward to getting back down to Homestead after yeah, your first trip forward. there? <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. It was a fun weekend and you guys were talking about the cold i don't know about you but i was warm all weekend in my little scoring tower <laughs> you were, but, yeah. yeah he was in there all was. the whole time but <laughs> yeah it's a fu- it's a fun track it had some good racing i'm interested to see how the flow of it goes going the other direction yeah. saw some videos of it last year and it seems like the passing opportunities go down just a little bit so it'll be interesting really looking forward to it I don't know about that because those last three corners, you can get a lot of uh, interesting scenarios happen. And we saw one last year for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a great way to to close out the year uh, going the clockwise direction at home at AMR Motorplex and Homestead. Uh, so excited to see that. Excited to get back to the challenge. Excited to uh, to wrap up this edition of the debrief as uh, I would like to thank Rob Howden and Nate Dean for joining us. Uh, again, I'm David Cole. Thank you for tuning into the debrief. Uh, and again, we'll uh, we'll see you trackside uh, for Challenge in the Americas and the Supercars USA Winter Series programs ahead. So again, thank you for tuning into this episode of the debrief.